0: Good afternoon, those of you that are coming in, come on in and find a seat. On behalf of Lois, the entire Coons family, Wayne's Church family, Cornerstone Church, I want to welcome you here today. We're here to celebrate and remember a beautiful and long life. Uh, We're here to uh, encourage one another, to support one another, and we're here to honor and glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Wayne would want his grace and his glory to be throughout this room today. Um, As we uh, remember Wayne's life, uh, let's begin the service with prayer. Will you bow your heads with me? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we give you praise this day. You are a great God, even in the midst of our pain and sadness. We thank you for the long and beautiful life that you've given Wayne. We thank you for how he has touched so many lives. Those that knew him well, his family, his friends, those who didn't know him well. Father, we're thankful that Wayne was able to impact people in the way that he officiated the Lord's Supper and so many other ways. Father, we want you to get a lot of glory today, and we thank you for Wayne. We ask your hand to be on this service. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. If you all stand for the reading of God's word this morning, I'm going to be reading out of Isaiah chapters uh, 60 and 61, a few passages. These passages this morning were uh, very special to Wayne. He wrote them on three-by-five cards and uh, kept them on his person in his briefcase for many many years. Uh, there is one example of uh, a particular passage like that you'll find on the back of your programs this morning. But I'm going to read out of Isaiah 1661 now. The sun shall be no more your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light, but the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation, He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. This is the word of the Lord.
2: To sing Thy grace Streams of mercy Never ceasing Call for songs Of loudest praise Teach me some The song Sung by flaming Tongues above Praise the mountain Fixed upon it Mount of Thank you
3: To honor Wayne's life, my name is Dick Paulson. I'm a fellow traveler, and as Wayne would, (laughs) I'll have to get this out first. (laughs) And as Wayne would say, very affectionately, uh, "recovering Pharisee," and I'll explain that in a few minutes for those that you who know Wayne really well. I'm privileged to be here. To me, the words of the Psalm of Psalm 139 reflects Wayne's relationship with God that is very personal and very real Wayne Wayne believed in a personal God that reached down and touched his life and I can almost hear Wayne sharing these thoughts from Psalm 139 oh Lord you have searched me and known me you know when I sit down and when I rise up In the few minutes I have today, I would like to share three character attributes that I admired and I observed in Wayne's life over the 20 plus years that I have known him. Integrity, compassion, and love of family, and others. Wayne was a man of his word. He was authentic. There was a consistency in his words, in his deeds. He was humble. He was a servant leader. I trusted Wayne. He was real. And as I would probably say, there was no posturing with Wayne. You knew exactly what you got. At a men's retreat recently, uh, the pastor was talking about integrity. And he used the word undivided. And I thought that really describes Wayne, what you saw is what who Wayne was. To share a little bit about compassion of, of Wayne's life, he, was always, he always described himself as a recovering Pharisee, and I would include myself with that. A man of faith, but was, trans, but was transformed by the understanding of God's incredible love and personal commitment to each individual. His faith was very personal, and he shared that in a way that was full of compassion and passion for those people around him. The journey of recovery only added compassion to his life and was a wonderful example to me of God's grace at work. I think Wayne would say, possibly, he was recovering from an intellectual perspective of faith to one of heartfelt understanding because he got it that God's love is unconditional. and beyond anything we could ever imagine. This reflected in his compassion for those that were hurting. Wayne experienced great losses in his life, and this gave him a sensitivity to others when they experienced pain. That pain did not harden him, but it softened him. So often grief can turn into anger, and it can challenge one's faith, but with Wayne... His trust in God only grew. Wayne spoke to me often and very fondly of his family, Lois, his children, Kevin, Greg, Colleen, their spouses, and their grandchildren. It was a genuine, and if I can say, an emotional love for his family that made a distinct impression on me the pride he expressed to me, for all of you, that the, your the family, you, you guys there, were such a comfort to Wayne that I, I really saw that in his life when we shared. He would say he was blessed to be surrounded by such ex- exceptional individuals based on their character, his children, his grandchildren, spouses. I remember times when Wayne shared with tenderness about each one of you. This was an example to me that reflected unconditional love. And I am so grateful for his openness with me that he shared that, that his personal love about his family to me. I also saw in Wayne his love for others that were hurting as something very important to him because of his own relationship to God that loved him through some very difficult times. I know so many times we all get caught up in the busyness of life and are distracted. To those around us that might be hurting for whatever the reason. But for me, Wayne modeled for me very specifically that people are very valuable and to extend and express compassion and love to those around us, especially those that are hurting. Because so many times that hurt is hidden. And I, have been, I personally have been involved in prison and jail ministry for over 15 years. And, and Wayne has been such a huge encouragement to me in this area of my life. And he encouraged me to continue reaching out to those individuals that often shunned, that were shunned by society. In conclusion, I'd like to share I am so grateful, so grateful for my friendship. With Wayne. These past 20 years, I can truly say God touched my life through my dear friend and brother, Wayne Koontz. Wayne's life reflected the God he, he believed in. And let me say that one more time. Wayne's life, Wayne Koontz's life reflected the God that he believed in.
4: My wife, Pamela, and I have been regularly attending this church for only two years. Wayne was one of the first persons we met here at Cornerstone, and one of the big reasons we kept coming back. We enjoyed the direct, familiar, humorous way he addressed the congregation. We knew he was talking to us and not at us. On one of our first Sundays, I remember him holding the microphone and saying, Lois told me I needed to smile more when I am up front. Then, ever so slightly, he let a little upturn of his mouth form a faint smile, and then it was gone. (laughs) His delivery was perfect. As our commitment to the church solidified and we began to think about joining an in-home small group, Wayne's group was the obvious choice for us. This weekly Bible study is focused on the previous Sunday sermon, Growing in the Lord and Becoming More Intimate with the Members of the Group. It has been wonderful. Most every Friday night is found somewhere between four and ten of us sitting in Wayne and Lois's living room, getting to know and sharing our lives with each other. My friendship with Wayne has grown so much as I have basked in the love that he radiated. Coming to church every Sunday or meeting on Wednesday to feed the homeless, Wayne was the first person I looked for and gravitated toward. He had a low-key way of listening, prompting, and looking right at me that so clearly said, Right now, Jeffrey, you are who's important to me. You couldn't spend too much time with Wayne before you knew just how much he loved his Lord and his wife. And you couldn't listen too long before you knew how much he loved to tell jokes. (laughs) He was a master joke teller. Additionally, though, you couldn't spend too much time with him before you learned how tender and broken his heart was from the loss of his son, Kevin. Every time he would mention him, Wayne's eyes would fill with tears. It reminded me of my Nana, who openly grieved the loss of her son, my father, for over 40 years until the Lord took her home. I loved Wayne all the more for that, for his willingness to share his pain that was never far from the surface and would never go away. Well, it's gone now. I can't even imagine how sweet that reunion must be. When this summer found me grieving the untimely and tragic death of my own son, Nolan, It was Wayne and Lois's comfort text messages and visit to our home that meant so very much to us. For the past many months, our church body has been studying the book of Exodus. All this summer, Pastor Adam and Pastor Mike have been waxing eloquent on the Ten Commandments. (laughs) Well, I stand before you today guilty of the Tenth Commandment. I'm jealous. No, I covet what so many of you have. I covet the body and wealth of memories that you have that spans so many decades with Wayne. These two years have been too brief. I look forward to many years of loving Wayne and being loved by him and experiencing the many more memories we would share. You are all so fortunate and so blessed. Hold tightly to what you have and to what God has given you through Wayne. Pamela and I, too, are so blessed to have cherished and then been cherished by our friend and brother, Wayne. The very last verse in Ephesians says, Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Wayne finished his race well. He loved incorruptibly. And now we can celebrate that he knows unfathomable grace. All is well that ends well. All is well for Wayne.
5: Good afternoon. Uh, First, I want to thank everybody for being here. What a great turnout. He would have been proud. Uh, My name is Mark Maddox, and first of all, I'm proud to say that Wayne was my best friend. He spent a lot of time listening to my hurts, my needs, and always gave me wise advice. If I needed shelter, his home was always open. He also gave countless countless hours to his community and his church in many ways. I saw it firsthand in his Sunday school teachings, his uh, recovery ministries, growth groups, men's Bible studies, homeless outreach, elder board, treasurer, leader. He's kind of done it all. Uh, Sometimes I think he built the building. But... (laughs) We no less did. <laughs> <sighs> I was blessed to have been part to have uh, to have been part of his home Bible study group. I'm going to lose it here, and learned many things from his comments and his thoughts. And I'm thankful for the leadership uh, that that he gave me and has helped me to grow. I remember the first time I met Wayne. Um, was at their first house that I knew they had over on the other side of town here in Auburn. And Don and Shirley Brammer invited Mary and I to uh, go to a home group there. And uh, I was uh, new to Christians, I wasn't a Christian, didn't know what to expect. But we went anyways, and we, we had a really good time. And I remember thinking, boy, Wayne's got it all. He's got the house, he's got the wife, he's got the kids, he's got everything. And I soon learned much more about Wayne, the man. I saw the love he had for Jesus and his church family. And I saw his wisdom and his integrity, and I also saw his personal side. He had a great sense of humor, and I always had a good and always had a good joke or a story to tell. And most of the time, you wouldn't know what was coming. He'd just broadside you with one, and just like... But he made you think. He made you, uh, he made you look into yourself a little more. Our friendship grew over the years, and I can say today that Wayne was and always and will always be family. And I could go on and on, but I believe we have many stories uh, of how Wayne has touched uh, lives here in this room, and he's how he's touched our hearts. Uh, finally, uh, I'm a better man in part because of Wayne Coons, And he'll be greatly missed, and I look forward to seeing him again in eternity. And Wayne, this is for you. Well done, good and faithful servant. I love you.
6: Hi, my name is Michelle. A friend of Wayne's, and in remembering remembering him this past week, so many words came to mind. And Dick, I'm sorry they only gave you a few minutes; they gave me two hours. <laughs> so get your popcorn, and here we go. Here are just a few of the words that came to me to describe Wayne, and that was just seven days worth of thinking accountable, planner, great saunter, brother, hard worker, prayer, capable, helper, quiet, cherished Lois, honest, reliable, considerate, honorable, respectful, cooperative, humble, Responsible, I'm able not to see my words now. Dedicated, humorous, a servant, devoted, husband, sincere, discreet, integrity, sinner, ethical, intelligent, son, example, kind spiritual leader, faithful, steadfast, family man, listener, leader, storyteller, father, loves the Lord, a Bible student, friend, loving, supportive, funny, loyal, Teachable, gentle, obedient, trustworthy, a gentleman, observer, a truth-teller, a giver. He was mathematical. An uncle, a solid man, a godly man, patient, wise, grandfather, and witty, Now, they came up with one paper, but I came up with three. So here we go. Wayne was a man for all to look up to, though he would never consider himself that. As a leader in his family and in our church, he cared for people greatly. That's a fact. He was kind, he was gentle, a man of few words, but those that he shared were eagerly heard. A man of great wit that never fell flat. To his wisdom and caring, I tip my hat. A man of numbers and smart as a whip. The numbers he crunched, lickety-split. He sauntered, and I mean sauntered, in a fabulous way. Whenever he entered, you wanted him to stay. He sauntered in, he sauntered out. That it was Wayne Coontz, there was no doubt. Always a story to tell and a laugh to be had. I know sharing his tales really did make him glad. I will miss those moments, that's for sure, as they came from a place so simple and so pure. A straight man, when telling his stories and jokes, never cracking a smile with the humor invoked. If you got it, you got it. But if not, then, oh well. You'd never have known because he wouldn't tell. (laughs) A dad to three and a dad to me. So that makes four. Well, I'm sure that's wrong. Dare I say, he was dad to a whole lot more. Gentle guidance to all with wisdom-filled direction. Boy, are they lucky to have him in heaven. And Lois, Wayne's wife, the love of his life. Through his actions on earth, Wayne showed you your worth. Now in God's family's arms, you may rest we will do our very best. To walk this road with you will be our honor and pleasure. We are here for you, no matter the weather. Wayne, we will miss you more than you know. Each person you touched, you helped grow. Your profound effect on people was a precious gift, your focus always being that we would take an upshift. We love you, we thank you for all you freely gave. Your presence with us we will always crave. Joy fills our hearts because we know you're in heaven, and praise be to God for you are now without burden.
0: We have a couple microphones set up here and we know there are many of you that have stories, uh, whether they're humorous stories, whether they're how the Lord Jesus used Wayne um, in your life. So uh, at this time, we'd like some of you to come forward and just stand at one of these two microphones here.
7: Yeah, I am Diane Hammer. Um, there are three moments that really stand out in my memory about Wayne. And just to kind of overview it, he really had a way of knowing when to approach you and when you needed it. Um, I was in high school, and I had self-esteem on the floor, and I dressed no less than a cross-dresser. I was kind of crazy. So anyway, um, he approached me one day, and he said, we need to talk about the way you dress. And I really knew that what he was saying was, we need to talk about your self-esteem, and I need to tell you how much you mean to God and to me and to the world. And and I'm glad to say that we never finished that conversation because I didn't want to hear anything about my clothes. And um, I grew out of it, so... (laughs) Um, another moment I remember a couple years later after that I had put in some prayer request about some trouble I was having with guys in high school and um, I don't see any little kids so I'm just going to say this Wayne came to me and told me um, pretty much in saying you don't need to worry about guys he told me guys think with their dicks and that was the advice I needed, and that's really all he told me, and, you know, uh, that kind of carried on for a few weeks. Every week he would come up and, you know, either just give me a look or say it again or whatever, and it, it's what I needed to hear, um, and then the last memory that really sticks out in my brain was uh, this past year, and that's um, when he was recovering from his back surgery. I uh, I drove Carlin home a few times and um, I went and I, the first time I went into his room and I sat on the bed, no, I didn't, but there were other times I sat on the bed and we talked a lot, but the first time um, I didn't want to stay too long. So I just went in and I said hi and I mean, he had lost 15 pounds, looked completely different, he had long whiskers, long hair, everything, you know, but when I saw him, um, I you know, we hugged, and he said, well, he said some meaningful things, but that's a different story. Um, what I wanted to say about this memory was, when I left the room, I went and I saw Lois, you know, on my way out, and I, I didn't, I said, wow, Wayne looks great, and she kind of gave me a funny look, like, no, he doesn't. I mean, (laughs) I mean, you've seen him, so what do you mean? And I, um, I didn't really know what I meant, but I meant it when I said it, and so I'm a thinker, so on my way home, I thought about why I said it, and why I meant it, and um, and I figured out why. It's because when I saw Wayne, um, you could see that his spirit was strong, and that hadn't changed. You know, his his body was in recovery, and that's fine, you know, he didn't look that great, but... Everything about Wayne was still there, and that did look great, you know. There was nothing that changed in his eyes or in his faith, or, you know, there was nothing that looked worn out on that, in that part of him. So that's why Wayne looked great, and he looked great to the end. He's a great guy, so anyway.
8: Wayne, once upon a time, I'm Bill, and I've been, I'm a recovering Pharisee myself, I think. I think we probably all are to some degree. Um, I served on the elder board with Wayne for a long time and other various things around the church that we did over the years, and I was blessed to be with him for a long time and and certainly had an impact on, on me, the church, and I'm sure most of you. Um, A couple things about him. I I know he loved music, but he loved it in a different way than I ever thought of. One time we did a study on uh, Amazing Grace without music. And it was very, very impactful. Reading the words to Amazing Grace is incredible. But he did one song to me that's my favorite Christmas song. And he left out part of it. It was Little Drummer Boy. If you ever listen to Little Drummer Boy, try to leave out the Purumpa pum pum. <laughs> it really is a different song. <laughs> and then one last one last memory. Uh, this is a long time ago, but Wayne's hair was gray at the time, and I believe Greg is the one that bought him a baseball cap. Is that right? Are you the one? He. Okay, it had a gray ponytail, and Wayne wore that at the chili cook-off, and if you ever think of Wayne being the conservative man that he is, that day he kind of looked like a hippie. (laughs) What a wonderful man, so many stories, and uh, I just really appreciate having had him in my life, as well as the rest of their family. Thank you.
9: Uh, over 20 years ago, about 24 years ago, actually, I started attending a study group at Wayne and Lois's house, and um, they were living in Auburn at the time. He was such a stable presence. He was so transparent about his journey in life that you couldn't help but bond with him. And then they moved to Meadow Vista. And so my friend and I um, went to the meetings in Meadow Vista. And um, so then uh, things in my life changed. And I, uh, well, our group didn't always just study. We went to live theater. We went to a line dance. We, (laughs) we, We just had a lot of fun today. And um, so I hadn't uh, really had contact with him for a number of years. And then yesterday, I found out that the service was today, and I just had to be here.
10: you know the Bible tells us to store up your treasures in heaven and not to store up your treasures here on earth and your treasure chest that you have up in heaven is all the good deeds that you do here on earth and Wayne's treasure chest is full and if you could picture with me Wayne as he entered the kingdom of heaven and God running to him telling him Wayne you have done a great job I am so proud of you And now let's look in your treasure chest. And I can picture Wayne and him still going through that treasure chest from the first day he got to heaven. And they're looking at all of those good deeds that Wayne did. And that's my picture of Wayne. And he's going to be in heaven with God going through his treasure chest. Thank you, Wayne, for being part of my life.
11: Wayne and I had something in common. We were both morning people. And when we lived in Santa Barbara on Los Alamos, we lived maybe five, six houses from each other. So Wayne would come to my house about 6.30, 7 in the morning, and we would, on his bike, and we would quietly... Pull up the garage door, and I would sneak my bike out, and we would go bike riding. We'd go down off the mesa by the harbor, down to the bird refuge, and come back. Usually, when we would come back, my husband and our two children, and Lois, Kevin, and Greg, were there fixing breakfast for us on the beach. Wow, what a friend. But I remember one day, one of his colleagues drove by and saw us (laughs) early in the morning (laughs) together. He said, Don't worry, Titty. They know I'm cookies and milk kind of a guy. (laughs) But these two boys, Kevin, and Gregory, but like my boys. And one thing about Gregory, if you want to get on his side, make him a grilled cheese sandwich.
12: Hi, I'm Joan Knapp, Wayne's cousin. And I just wanted to share how blessed I have been by him. I've known him his whole life. And I've seen a lot of fun things about him, a couple weird things. (laughs) But, you know, we got along so well. And I sort of just saw him as my brother. So I saw him through high school I think that his high school graduation, they only allowed you to bring three people. So my aunt and uncle were there, and me. So I feel like I've gotten to see him in so many different lights. I've seen him weep. I've seen him crack up. And when I was in high school, he used to kind of keep me on straight and narrow. I was a little bit of a wild child. Not a lot. But he would just had a way of saying, John, John, don't do that. It's not cool. It doesn't make you look good. Really? But I was. Okay. But he was so kind, always there for me. Many years ago I went through a really hard time in my life. And he and Lois came to visit me in Arcadia, California. My husband had walked out and me and our daughter and he just wanted to check up on me and he continued to do that and eventually I was up up uh, in Santa Barbara I lived in Orange County and in Santa Barbara every once a month every other month and he would come down with his family and Greg and Kevin and just to keep me company make sure I was doing alright pick my brain and just love me And you're also right. He's such a great listener. He gives you that good eye contact. I feel so blessed. And when I heard this devastating news, it was tough. But when we were, my husband Larry and I were driving here from Santa Barbara yesterday, we had a a CD in, and it was one of the songs that I loved the most, and it says, I will bow down. I will bow down and worship the Lord and I was driving and Larry looked over me and he said you have tears I said I know it's just so awesome to think of that he said well that's what Wayne's doing right now he's worshiping our Lord we are blessed
13: my name is Larry Knapp and I uh, met Wayne at Westmont College so I probably know him a lot longer than a lot of you do Uh, We were not in the same circles at Westmont. He was more academic, and I was more that other group about (laughs) (laughs) athletics. He actually introduced me to my wife eventually. I served on the board of elders with him at Grace Church in Santa Barbara. I was thinking about him this morning, and uh, I was asking God, what would I say, what would I do, and Holy Spirit, give me something. And so if what I say fits for you, I hope it, it moves you. But, you know, some of us hear the call on our heart by the Lord, and we never answer. And others of us hear the call, and we start the race, but we never finish. Wayne Koontz finished the race. He ran all the way through the tape. And when I think about people in my life, And we all have these three kinds of people. Some leave no print on your life at all. They walk through your life, and there's nothing there. And others, if you're lucky, they leave a fingerprint. But if you're blessed, like I have been, knowing Wayne and Lois and now Joan, they leave a handprint on your heart. And I can say that for Wayne. Wayne. You know, the one thing you want to be said is that you had a heart for God, and he had a heart for God. And if you can get that in your life, the sooner you get it, the better your life will be.
14: So my name is David Nielsen, and um, I was blessed to be somewhat like this young lady over here. Um, and I grew up with Wayne as like a second father. And Greg and Kevin were my best friends. And um, gosh, I didn't think this would be hard. I was kind of excited. Um, <laughs> because I am so excited that he gets to be up there with Kevin. There's probably not a month that goes by that I don't think about Kevin. And uh someone was talking about the characteristics of of wayne and and um uh, I met Kevin when I was gosh as, as far back as I can remember we grew up in 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 a church there in uh, santa barbara grace church and and um, for those of you who know Kevin, he had hemophilia and and then at one point he ended up um, his his leg had an issue and his bone fused and and, and he couldn't play with me as much as he wanted to or as rough as he wanted to. And sometimes Greg and I were a little too rough, and um, poor guy ended up having to have a transfusion. Um, <laughs> but I have so many fun memories with that family, and, and, and Wayne was the leader of that family. And I'm a better man. I'm a, a godly man because Wayne modeled that. And... And so I'm just I'm so thankful for 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 your husband and and the the family and the home that he led, and um, the sons he raised. I think my children are blessed. Uh, I uh, had a passion for for working with kids when I was growing up because, in part, the way Wayne treated me when I would go over to their house. And so for those of you that are here in this room, I think, you know, we were talking about finishing the race. Um, Interesting that a jock would use that analogy. (laughs) (laughs) But the academic finished the race. Um, And and so I guess my challenge to, to those of us that are still here is, who's that kid in your life that you can impact so that he can have kids and impact those kids? Who's whose handprint? You know, um, whose heart is your handprint going to be on? And so, um, if you've been blessed by Wayne, I challenge you to go and bless somebody else.
15: My name's <clears throat> My name is Robert Maringer, and uh, I didn't get the opportunity either to know Wayne that long. My wife and I, we came to this church, so we wanted to get connected very quickly. And one of the opportunities was to get involved with the, uh, uh, the gathering in. And uh, one of the homeless individuals, uh, after spending some time with him at the table, he grabbed my arm and he says, I need prayer. And I'm a, not even a member of the church, and I'm just, it kind of took me off guard. And then without any doubt in my mind, I see Wayne across the room, and I said, "Hey, <laughs> you got to help me." <laughs> he didn't hesitate. He said, "Let's go." He gathered me up. We gathered. We went into the room with the homeless gentleman, and we spent probably a good forty-five minutes. And I will never forget that because what an opportunity! Last thing that Wayne ever said to me was this last Sunday we were having communion and he asked Bill if he would help and Bill's been suffering from shoulder issue and he said no he says won't be able to hold the plate he didn't ask hey would you step in Rob he just turned around and looked at me he says you you're up <laughs>
8: and and I have to admit that I spent the whole time that I knew Wayne looking up to him and I'm a pretty tall guy. Um, And
15: I wore the shirt for him. The black is for me. I'm going to miss him. But the flowers are for Wayne because he's no longer a recovering Pharisee. He made it. He recovered.
8: Thank you.
16: Well, there is so much more that we could say about Wayne. Uh, It's an honor to be here today, and it's so fun to see a bunch of you, Um, most of you. No, I'm kidding. It's it's great great to see all of you here today. I was Wayne's pastor, and Wayne was my pastor. You know, I've been thinking about this. People assumed that because of the age difference that he was a father figure to me, and I don't think that's quite right. I think uh, he was just like a pastor uh, to me. And, uh, but he also respected me as a pastor even when I was 30 and I didn't know what I was doing, uh, which is why some of you don't come here anymore, right? <laughs> That's true. But, uh, but Wayne still respected me back then. I told Wayne that uh, he had to be nice to me because uh, I would end up doing his funeral someday. And so here we are. I always thought it was nice to have somebody shorter than me on the elder board. Uh, Wayne was so short. Okay, Wayne was so short you could see his feet on his driver's license picture, right? Wayne was so short when the two of us were driving around town together, people thought it was one of those Google driverless cars, Herbie. Wayne was short, and Wayne was also old, He was our oldest elder. Uh, In fact, he told me a couple of months ago that he recently stopped buying green bananas. (laughs) Wayne was so old that he didn't actually die. He went extinct. (laughs) Wayne was so old that uh, when he started texting me a few years ago, every sentence ended with stop. (laughs) Wayne was so old that... uh, Before he was a Republican, he was a Federalist. (laughs) And that joke doesn't make any sense, but it's still funny. Wayne was so old that his earliest banking records are filed now with the Dead Sea Scrolls. (laughs) Wayne always liked to dress nice. You remember that about Wayne. He was very dapper. I saw him ask a waitress at Denny's once if he could have a monogrammed placemat. (laughs) He was a banker, a bunch of bankers here probably today, bankers are people uh, that help you with problems, (laughs) yeah, problems that you wouldn't have if they didn't exist, and uh, a lot of bankers here today, so we're all happy uh, to be here celebrating Wayne. I think uh, Wayne would be thrilled to know that he got roasted at his own standing room only memorial service, so... I'd like to uh, choose a passage here, and this was hard because uh, so many passages that you look through, you think about Wayne, uh, which is just what this last week has been, Uh, but I had to pick a passage that had a Pharisee in it, and so I'm going to choose something here from Luke chapter 7. In Luke chapter 7, there's this beautiful story of Jesus having dinner with a Pharisee, and there was a prostitute that found out that Jesus was there. This is not a lead up to a joke, I promise. I'm actually, um, but there's a prostitute that found out that Jesus was having dinner at this place. And uh, so she decided she had to get over there. And she went, she went right up to the dinner table, right up to where Jesus was sitting. And she just started crying, she just broke down in tears. And she's down on her knees and she's crying. And uh, her, her tears are falling on his feet. And she took her long hair And uh, she's cleaning his feet with her hair. And then she brought some ointment with her and she used that on his feet. And so the Pharisee is sitting here and he's thinking, and we know what he's thinking because Jesus knew what he was thinking. And uh, so he's sitting there thinking, if this guy was actually a prophet, he would know that this lady is a prostitute. Uh, And she's a woman of the city. She's a sinner, he's thinking. And so Jesus, knowing what she's thinking, Jesus uh, says to him, hey, I've got a question for you. And he says, okay, ask me anything you want, teacher. So he says, all right, there's a money lender. And this money lender uh, decides to clear his accounts, and he forgives a couple of debts. This one guy owed him 50 bucks, and the other guy owed him 500 bucks. Which one do you think loved him more? Well, it's an obvious question, The, the Pharisee said. Well, obviously, the guy that got... 500 bucks cleared and jesus said yes here's exactly what jesus said he says do you see this woman i entered your house you gave me no water for my feet but she's wet my feet with her tears wiped them with her hair you gave me no kiss but from the time i came in she's not stopped kissing my feet you didn't anoint my head with oil she's anointed my feet with ointment therefore i tell you her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much but he who is forgiven little, loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And you can imagine what that interaction was. Then those who were at table with him began to say amongst themselves, who is this guy who even forgives sins? And then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. That's a precious story. It's a precious story. Prostitutes are not normally drawn to religious leaders. Prostitutes are normally objectified. They got a lot of shame involved and just don't really feel welcome in religious environments, but she just walked right up to Jesus. She knew, probably because she had heard about Jesus, maybe she'd met him in the past, she knew that this man was somebody safe to be around. This is somebody that I'd be welcome around. Now, Wayne wasn't Jesus, but he did understand what was going on in this passage. He got this passage. He understood that he was like this woman. He's welcome around God, even though he didn't deserve it. But he also, knew, he also knew how to make people feel like that. You could be completely messed up. In fact, it was better. Like The more messed up you were, uh, you would feel more and more welcome around Wayne. And I think that's why so many people are here today. Wayne loved people. Wayne loved God. We keep hearing that in the testimonies. As a result, he impacted a lot of lives. It, it shocked me. In this last week, how many cards and emails and personal conversations I've been having with people that are deeply grieving the loss of Wayne. This isn't just, oh, you guys, we should really uh, throw a memorial service for this guy, but there are a lot of people who are deeply grieving him. And this loss is a big loss for a lot of people because he loved a lot of people. Brennan Manning said, I have been seized by the power of a great affection. I think uh, Wayne understood that. Wayne liked Brennan Manning as well. I have been seized by the power of a great affection. You know, God's affection is expressed through what we call the gospel. And the basic message of the gospel is that God created us to glorify and enjoy him. But our ancestors decided that we would not dedicate our lives to glorifying and enjoying God. And that's called sin. The punishment of that sin is hell. But God loves us And he wants to have a relationship with us. He does not want to punish us. And so he sent his only son to die in our place. That's why Jesus died on the cross. He didn't want us to have to go through that. He didn't want us to have to suffer that ultimate eternal death. And so if we repent for our sins, if we put our trust in Jesus Christ, then we are forgiven and we are reconciled to God. All of that is an expression of God's love. Now, what if we want to... Love like Wayne. What if this, as the gentleman just said, what if we can, you know, pay it forward and be inspired by Wayne's life? What if we want to be like Wayne, loving God and loving other people like he did? It is not a matter of trying harder. It's not a matter of pulling yourself out by the bootstraps and trying to be nicer, Uh, trying to smile more, obviously. Um, But I do think that there are three basic ingredients to Christian love. Three basic ingredients. I'm going to go through these pretty quick. The first one is to know yourself. Know yourself and be honest about yourself. To know deep down that we are all like the woman of the city. We are all desperately needing the creator of the universe to welcome us. Knowing that we can all fall at the feet of Jesus Christ. Augustine wrote about the importance of truly knowing yourself. He said... Men go abroad to admire the heights of mountains, the mighty waves of the sea, the broad tides of rivers, the compass of the ocean, and the circuits of the stars, yet pass over the mystery of themselves without a thought. Wayne didn't pass over the mystery of himself. He knew himself. He knew he was messed up. um, And yet he knew that God loved him as a son. Uh, He often talked about the prodigal son. I hope, I hope that if there's some process that people go through when they first go to heaven I hope it was tweaked a little bit so that Jesus was actually sitting on some kind of a stool waiting and seeing him from far off and goes running toward him because that visual there at the end of the prodigal son story was very powerful to Wayne Wayne knew himself and that is a crucial part of learning to love other people because really we are all addicts we are all messed up we are all sinners we are all alike he was forgiven. Little loves little. Second thing is to know Jesus. First, to know yourself, and second, to know Jesus. Jesus had a real deep love for real people. Real people. He, wasn't, he was prickly around religious types, but he was right at home with ordinary people. There's a famous scene when Jesus comes into Jerusalem in Matthew 9, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I prayed with Wayne well over a thousand times. And, you know, we never prayed about stuff like, God, hopefully Wayne can get a new Miata or something like that. Never prayed about that. Wayne liked praying for other people. Wayne prayed for you. (laughs) I mean, there's probably not very many people in this room that Wayne didn't pray for. Wayne really loved people. Now, that Pharisee, you remember what he was thinking. He was thinking, if this guy was really a prophet, then he would know what this woman is really like. Look, the reason that Jesus loved that woman is because he knew exactly what was going on with that woman. And he also knew that the Pharisee was exactly like that woman. Finally, the third piece is to jump in the deep end of the implications of the first two pieces. Jump into the deep end of the implications of knowing yourself and knowing Jesus. Wayne wasn't really into the smells and bells of religion. Uh, He wasn't religious, really. He just knew himself and he knew Jesus well enough to realize the implications. He jumped into the deep end. Let me read this here from C.S. Lewis. What more, you may ask, do we want? Do we not want merely to see beauty, though God knows even that is bounty enough? We want something else which can hardly be put into words, to be united with the beauty we see, to pass into it, to receive it into ourselves, to bathe in it, to become part of it. I think that's what Wayne did. He showed us a good example of what it means not just to be religious, but to jump into the deep end. His life was marked with that. Wayne loved benedictions, and so I'm going to end this little sermon with a benediction. May the one who makes the crocus burst into bloom, who makes the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy grant you the power together with all of the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. Amen. Let's sing a few more songs together.
12: Would you stand with us, please?
2: A mighty fortress is our God A bull will never fail Our Helper, He amid the flood of mortal. desires to keep all of his family together, to keep his children together. So we have that to look forward to, to see Wayne again. Thanks to Jesus Christ. I think you're welcome to clap if you'd like. Some glad morning when this knife is over I'll fly away to a home. That's your soul
11: They will they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint
2: praise god from whom all blessings flow praise him all creatures here be Ye heavenly hosts Praise Father, Son, and Holy
0: do the benediction, but I have to have you seated because I have to say a couple things about Wayne before we do that. I'm not going to preach a sermon. Those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Mike. It's been a privilege to serve alongside with Wayne these last five years. He's marked uh, many of us. Uh, I too now am a recovering Pharisee, and I learned, I think, from Wayne that I am in the way that he modeled moving from Religiosity to loving Jesus and being real in yourself. Uh, Wayne modeled that for us. I wanted to share too, in recent months, our uh, elder meetings have been at my home and Wayne modeled something about the importance of loving others every time he arrived at my home. Uh, when I'd show up for an elder meeting at someone else's home or here at the church, I'm ready to get going. I'm ready to, to, uh, to get things going. But Wayne... Wayne never came into the room, the living room, dining room where we met. He always first went into the kitchen to love my kids and talk to them and my wife, whether they were finishing dinner or doing dishes. uh, He he went into that home and loved uh, those who needed to be loved and and modeled love uh, for Wayne. I have so many other memories I could share, but I won't. One last one I will share before the benediction is um, wayne um, Wayne was very uh, special part of of all that we did here uh, at the church and I remember i think it may have been for his mother's memorial service memories of how he cared for his mother and loved her in her last last months, but there was a quote I remember talking with Wayne about and I want to share that with you before the benediction. These words are uh, from J.C. Ryle. He writes, The very moment that believers die, they are in paradise. Their battle is fought, their strife is over. They have passed through that gloomy valley we must one day tread. They have gone over that dark river we must one day cross. They have drunk that last bitter cup which sin has mingled for man. They have reached that place where sorrow and sighing are no more. Surely we should not wish them back again. We should not weep for them, but for ourselves. We are warring still, but they are at peace. Wayne is at peace. We are laboring, but they are at rest. We are watching, but they are sleeping. We are wearing our spiritual armor, but they have forever put it off. We are still at sea, but they are safe in harbor. We have tears, but they have joy. We are strangers and pilgrims, but as for them, they are at home. Surely better are the dead in Christ than the living. Surely the very hour the poor saint dies, he is at once higher and happier than the highest upon earth. Let's stand for benediction. From Isaiah 61, family, would like to invite you. There are refreshments and cookies and so on. And I know Wayne would love to hear lots of conversations and continuing remembrances of him. Now may the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. For he came to bind up the brokenhearted, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve. He has promised to grant you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Go in his peace. Amen.